Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and yo, we have a very, very special guest today. This guest joined us on actually episode six of the podcast. Wow. And we're back again with some really juicy, fun, exciting things to talk with you, talk with you about today. That's a kind of a sentence. Ren Zatapak, welcome. Hey, Sarah. If y'all don't remember Ren, which is impossible because that's one of our most popular episodes ever on the show. We'll link it up in the show notes so you can like get the backstory. Uh, Ren is a spirit worker. Uh, Ren teaches spirit work. That's like her work is spirit work. You see that? Isn't that cool? <laughs> Ren is also my spirit work teacher uh, and my biz fucking bestie, which I know sounds like, like I think that phrase is super lame, but also, also my love for Ren is deep and strong and I want to claim her as my biz bestie. So here we are. Does that sound like a good, a good lay of the land, Ren? Have I covered the basics? That sounds good. I was just realizing we probably should have like matching biz bestie bracelets. Like we never did that as much as we love the nine theme. G. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to get custom. Actually, Ren, we are going to do, we're going to talk to you guys about something really fucking cool Ren and I are putting together um, a little bit later in the show. And I think that we should do that for everyone who joins us is make little <gasps> friendship bracelets, little biz bestie friendship bracelets. That's going to happen. Uh, with our cord magic and some other stuff. Maybe I'm just saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've just had a breakthrough here. You guys are live listening to this air. live <laughs> on the air, except you're listening to it at least a week later, if not more, but it was live in the moment. We've had a ma- major, major fucking breakthrough here. All right. So we're going to kind of like put that breakthrough to the side because we're, I'm, I'm spoiling the surprise a little bit. But Ren, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do in this world, why, why we're here. Absolutely. The spirit work. I love this phrase. It starts out because people are like, great, what is that? Maybe they've even seen it with a space <laughs> in it, like spirit space work. It's where you work with spirits and people kind of are like, okay, cool. Yeah. Working with spirits. That sounds good. And I like to come back at them with, you know, what is a spirit? <laughs> uh, you know, like ghosts and stuff, <laughs> which isn't even what they're looking for in the first place. So it starts with, even when you say witchcraft, the same thing. I teach spirit work and traditional witchcraft. And I love using words that make people ask that first question. Like, what do you mean by that? That's what I'm always looking for is the kind of students, the kind of weird folks that are ready and willing to ask that question. What do you mean by that? Because that's really my kind of spirit work is just asking, what do you mean by that? What does that serve? What is that about? Why do I have this behavior? Why do I have this interest? Where does that come from? Where does this lead? The very top of my website just says questions are magic. And that is A lot of what I do is getting folks into this space of bringing in all the things that seem so simple. Oh, I'm going to work with spirits. I'm going to build an altar. I've got my spiritual path. And then just tearing it all apart (laughs) and getting at the root of it and really sinking our teeth in where it's like, if you don't know what even these most basic things means to you, means not only to you in like your practice in this kind of set aside, like sacred way, like, oh, my practice over here at my altar, but what it means for your life, for how you live every day, for the choices you make. Um, If it's not impacting how you're living in your relationship to your life, then that's not quite spirit work. That's kind of 
set aside. That's work over there. That's work in a box. We're sort of taking it out of the compartmentalized, taking it even out of the occult where everything is meant to be sort of hidden and convoluted and really turning it into immediately applicable. And therefore, I loved the person who one time came back to me and she was like, sometimes you call it simple spirit work. And that's true because you do use simple language and yet you're describing things that are dangerously <laughs> impactful. It's like the simplicity is dangerous because I don't get to use the excuse of saying that I'm confused about it. <laughs> oh, can you guys see why I love Ren? Doesn't this sound so much about how I talk about business in like the exact same way? <laughs> I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have that. We both love questions. You do like to come at people with some... <laughs> Some fucking questions, y'all, because we are operating, so many of us, from a state of assumptions that um, were given to us, that we inherited, that we have carried with us for our entire lives, and business, like witchcraft, like spirit work, like making magic, um, is more effective if we actually examine those assumptions and look at our definitions and uh, question the way that we're behaving, the way that we're acting, and the way that we're moving through the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And we add kind of another layer to this when, in addition to questioning it, we realize that it's not just about finding, wow, what do I believe, but becoming a conscious creator of our beliefs, saying, well, here's what I have been operating from. What could I do with this? Could I twist this? Can I make a new definition? I often say to folks, you can have more than one definition for a word. You can know the definition when I say spirit and most people think I mean ghost. Good. I'm going to know that. I'm not going to forget that. (laughs) And two, you can have the definition maybe that applies in a tradition that you're working where they mean something very specific. They're talking about ancestors. They're talking about deities. And you can have a definition maybe that's the one you work with. It's maybe a little bit broader, more animistic. Well, everything is a spirit. You would know if you were talking to someone that didn't know that, that they're operating from their definition, but you can have all these things. That's where the definition has entries in the dictionary. You can have five different terms happening and use the one that fits, that serves the work you're trying to do. Using the definition that serves the work that you're trying to do. Do you want to tell us what your definition of spirit is? I feel like you're kind of burying the lead here. (laughs) Sure. Um, So the Ren spirit work definition for whatever that's worth and whatever y'all want to do with that, I use spirit is identity. Spirit is the forms of life. This comes from the Ked tradition of traditional witchcraft. Um, Spirit is the identities and the forms. It's life's forms. And then we take the word soul and use that as a counterpart. So spirit and soul and soul is life's force. It's the energy and capacity for change. So this is an animistic way of talking where animism speaks to all things having an identity, a nature, and a kind of life, a kind of capacity for change, a kind of sentience. So this definition where we talk about spirit as an identity, as all of the different forms of life means everything can be a spirit. So that works for an animistic worldview. So if my goal is to have an animistic worldview and to work with animism and the idea of everything being alive, I need a definition of spirit that fits with that. So that's my version that folks uh, discover when they're first working with me is this offering of spirit is life's forms and identities and soul is life's force and our capacity for change. Ah, so juicy. 
Also, your voice makes me just trance. So I'm like, were, were we talking about something? I'm using my trancey voice. It slips in and out. But when you ask me, what is soul? It's like, soul is life's capacity to change. I do a lot of recordings of guided workings and journey stuff. And so that voice is there. And then as you know, at the end of a journey, I always switch Yep, and you're like back into the crass, like go get go to the bathroom, y'all. Yep. <laughs> That's one of the things that I love about Ren, and I think what we want to talk a little bit about today is this like line between like the magical and the mundane. Like we can talk about poop and totally talk about spirits, <laughs> and your poop is also totally a spirit. So there's like all of these things. Um, but when we turn this time to look at the lens of business and we use these identity, uh, identity, you know, spirit as identity and soul as capacity for change, things get really interesting and juicy when we look at things like sales and marketing and money and, and serving people with our businesses. Absolutely. And there's something with soul that, you know, as long as we're calling it even energy, it's talking about, you know, the assumptions that we make, we're like, oh, the energy of a thing. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, you know, it's a vibe. Okay. What do we mean by that? <laughs> but when we say the capacity for change, especially when we're talking about ourselves or our business, and we're like, how is my, what is my relationship to change? And it's like, um, well, I'm a perfectionist who wants to be in control of everything all the time. What do you mean change? That sounds terrible. Oh, wait, <laughs> is that my soul? <laughs> um, it's so much more threatening to say change. That's so clear. What is my relationship to change? Is my business something that's able to change or am I trying to fit it into a box and I don't have that kind of entrepreneurial ability to experiment and play because I'm so stuck on trying to serve survival and paying my rent that my business is losing its soul. But when we know, and we're not just saying, well, my business feels like it doesn't have energy or my energy needs cleansing. And we're kind of using words that don't get right at um, an idea that we can really bump up against and say, oh, if it's about change, oh, change is a little scary. <laughs> and as you were saying, like, this is so important because like, businesses are constantly in a state of change. A business is not, is not in any way, shape, or form a static experience. And I think that's where so much of the, the dissonance comes is when we are people who have, the kind of person who is great at growing a business generally is someone who is a little bit controlling because they actually care about the outcome. And we bring those skills to business, but without this layer of how do we actually expand our capacity to change for change and to create change within that, that desire to also like actually create a clear outcome or at least take steps towards it. There's this like this dance that we have to, we have to explore to find a new balance because being a total control freak in your business is not going to get you the results you want. I can guarantee that. Like that, that's about the only thing I will guarantee, but being a control freak does not get you results in your business because it will stop you from taking action because Absolutely. you're afraid of change. But the only way to get what you want is change. If you want more money in your business, that is change. You want more clients, that is change. And of course, Sarah and I can talk about this completely not from personal experience. Oh my God, never. <laughs> Hello. I am so laid back and chill. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and you and I have never of course resisted change which is making me flash back to my um, beloved high priestess Rita who passed away this past year and I'm thinking about the thing that she told me because everyone has that like that moment in a relationship where you realize someone said something to you that's going to change change again change your whole life and what she said to me was why not let yourself be surprised 
I won't even say the context, it doesn't matter, but it was just a moment of like, because surprises are terrible, wait, <laughs> hold on. Oh shit, there goes my whole life. What if I let myself be surprised? But at the same time, like you were saying, how to integrate that with the personality type that can be goal-oriented and that focuses on what am I trying to build for the future, um, bringing these qualities together, that strange alchemy of spirit and soul, where spirit really wants to be form and wants to be an outcome and identified and clarified and known. And then the soul is like, yeah, but with a little chaos. And what about the surprises? And what about the mysterious hidden var variables that enter and bring it all to life? Um, being able to hold both of those at the same time and not have them constantly competing and trying to destroy each other is the big alchemy, I think, here for being in a soul-centered business, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, that phrase takes on so much more meaning when we, when we have that definition of soul as well. I mean, I say it almost glibly every week here, but it comes from this root of capacity for change. Um, and, you know, we might think of soul-centered business or like, spiritual entrepreneur, like, you know, all these terms, which um, are ways that we identify, right? This is actually like you listening to the show is you raising your hand and saying, yes, like this, these are identities that I, I share, you know, I share identities with the, with this, this concept. I want to share identity. I want to be in relationship with these ideas. When we go deeper, a la Ren, sort of say, saying that you are a soul-centered entrepreneur is a very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So this relates back to, so, you know, the heart of my witchcraft and the way I practice spirit work is animism or this, we work with the idea that all things have a kind of life. And I always stick the word kind of in there because I don't want folks to get hung up on again. We only have one definition I and mean, life is defined as, you know, the way we define plants and animals, the scientific definition of life. I understand that a table doesn't fit the scientific definition of life. So I say, everything has a kind of life to just sort of clue in like, I'm using a different definition here, but a table does change through time. It can um, have a kind of change. It can have an energy. It can have a quality. It can have um, a life. It exists inside of time. It is not the same. It was something before. Now it's a table. It's going to be something in the future. Um, but we just say a kind of life to get folks out of immediately, you know, hitting that resistance to change, resistance to a new definition because they're like, well, a table's not alive. That doesn't make any sense. So this animistic uh, witchcraft, this idea of everything having a kind of life that fits too with this thought about a soul-centered entrepreneur. So what would it mean if the soul part of that, the aliveness, the change part is what I put at the center? Mm. So then the identities can shift, you know, who I am. And Sarah, you know, your business has changed a lot in the last couple of years. Oh my goodness. It has. It's, it's been so soul-centered of you. <laughs> I know. And I think that's one of those interesting things that I see folks run into all the time is, um, that perfectionism, and also, I mean, this is just deeply ingrained in the way so many of us were trained through our education, that like you have to be good at something right out of the gate in order for it to be worth your time. Mm -hmm. And that we approach our businesses through that lens of like, I can't start my business until I know exactly what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life with it. And Which is um, just the college thing. Like you have to go to college and know what you're going to do the rest of your life because you're only going to be able to pay for that shit once, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Red, what did you major in? Um, I went to film school. 
You do make pretty films now, but probably not in the capacity you were imagining at the time. <laughs> not really, not really. Actually, yeah. screenwriting. So it was scripts. Yeah. I've written sitcoms, so it kind of fell off. Fell off the. Uh, and a minor in linguistics, still applicable though. It looped back around, you know. Yeah, and I majored in French and minored in molecular cell biology. So there That's you go. Probably an even better example of. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I do find connections between those things um, and what I do. But yeah, we approach our businesses with that same lens of like, I have to have this all figured out or else. And um, that's not being soul-centered. That's not allowing room for surprise <laughs> or for magic and certainly not for change. But businesses are, as I said, are not static. And if we can use you know, business as identity, business also definitely has a soul. Businesses have a capacity for change. And when we're fighting against that, that is, that's when we start to run into problems and, and actually are not making money. Mm-hmm. You and I were just talking, Biz Besties, a couple of minutes ago about like when you have to like just make some decisions about your mailing list. Like, hey, you know, these folks and I, the way Sarah put this was perfect. They're not making this journey with me. Your business is changing and you realize you've got some folks and it's like, you know what, these people are headed somewhere else. Who's making the journey with me? Who's willing to change as my business is changing? Who's interested in the changes that I'm making? Yeah. And that can be the scary part too, right? It's like, we don't want to change because we have these other people that liked me for who I was. If we really get soul-centered, if we're in our own process of evolving and growing, well, what if the people around us, whether that's in business or ever, people talk about this a lot in business. Sometimes you lose friends when you step into a new version of yourself and they're like, oh, I liked the version of you that was, you know, like broke and stressed out. I really identified with that. That was our common ground. If you are suddenly, you know, doing really well and prosperous and purposeful and feeling good, like what are we going to have in common? You're going to need new friends. You're going to be alone. You're going to die alone. Sorry, that's the voice of what I like to call inertia or change resistance. Mm-hmm. everything ends with me dying in a ditch like that's like my like end conclusion so I really I really hear that <laughs> when we're in you know we're talking about you know what does it serve um my favorite questions that my witchcraft teacher Griffin used to say what does it serve such a brutal <laughs> brutal way to put it and you're like <laughs> nothing um, <laughs> and so often you know we think like well I'm doing it for this and you know because I want and then you just keep drilling down into it it's like survival so often it can be really difficult to I mean as much as we're saying soul-centered that's a hard thing to get into to be soul-centered to be really centered to really have all of our choices serve our aliveness and our growth instead of our desire just to you know survive and make it through and not die in a ditch alone yeah and business, you know, one of the things I know you all who listen to the show have heard me say, and I've heard this from a lot of different teachers, so I can't even, I think I can even name them all, but it's this idea of, of business as something that is like, you know, it's going to put you through the fucking ringer, personal mm-hmm. development, like, you know, shit show, like, and so much of it is because it's like, we've now taken these internal identities, we've mashed them up with change regardless of whether you know and and our capacity for it which may be low especially (laughs) in the beginning it may be a very low capacity (laughs) i know mine was and we match them up together and then we actually create an external representation of that (laughs) we can look at our bank account we can look at our followers we can look at our email list and actually assess 
how effectively those identities and our capacity for change are creating what we want in the world. <laughs> Fuck, how many places in your life do you get to actually look at a physical representation of you and what you're making? It's the altar of business, looking at the numbers. We all think, you know, the altar, if I made a business altar for myself, surely it's going to be, you know, like a printout of my logo and like some candles and some nice rocks, rocks that I have. That I literally nice. recommended this in a program that I just created to print out your logo and do rocks and stuff. You can do that. But the real altar of business is your fucking bank account. The numbers, the numbers. Yep. Well, I mean, it is both. And uh, there's space for kind of bringing some of those other elements uh, into the business and bringing it to life with some of our spiritual tools as well. But it's really like we're talking about that integration, the, on the one hand, making sure that whatever we're doing in our sacred work, which can look more like the spiritual tools we think of when we say spiritual tools, but if that's not integrated, if we're not marrying that with looking at the numbers, looking at our life, looking at the shape of our everyday, um, then the spirit work is just in a box. It's in a container. Even if we think in our spirit work, in our spiritual practice, like, no, I'm a total free spirit because I, I do ecstatic dance and I, you know, I get, I get real wild, Sarah. You know I do. Titties out and all. But, um, Tit. <laughs> wait. Where? Tits out, business. Wait, what? <laughs> but. What is this show no about? Matter, no matter how wild we get within the container of our practice, if it doesn't bleed over, if it doesn't impact um, the way we're living our everyday life. And like we said, looking at the numbers in our business, then it really is still in a box. You can call it free, but it's still in a box. So like, one of the things that Ren and I have been talking about a lot about, and obviously we're kind of talking about today, is this idea like business magic and how we can use the tools of spirit, like the spiritual tools of, of spirit craft and, and traditional witchcraft in service of, what does this serve? Our business and also vice versa right? How business can be a, a spiritual witchcraft tool, which it definitely is for me. This podcast is called So You Want to Be a Witch, reminder. Um, well, if we talk about like, well, first of all, like, Ren, like, what is magic? <laughs> Let's start there. Don't you, I mean, we love this one too, because it's another one in the category, like, oh, magic, of course. Wait, with magic with a K to <laughs> imply spiritual witchcrafty stuff or magic with a C, like pulling a rabbit out of a hat. That's not nice to animals either. Pulling a scarf out of a hat, um, a stuffed rabbit. But you know, we have this word magic, which I don't typically spell with a K because I don't care. And because like I said, I love when people are like, magic, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like, whether I spell it with a K or not, I have not made clear exactly what I mean. That means so many different things to folks. And there's so many definitions, even if we narrow it down and say, what are all the occult definitions and the traditional uh, craft definitions? Um, I like to play with what we're working with as far as spirits and identities, and specifically that within identities, there's kind of what's visible and what's overt and what's practical and kind of known. And then there's the hidden. There's that subtle layer of identity. And so magic, I define in my work as the hidden and especially unlikely relationships between spirits. And then depending on if you're talking about just magic in the sense of living a magical life, then it's a life that's involved with consciously these hidden, subtle, and unlikely relationships between spirits. So for instance, 
If I have conversations with trees that result in a magical feeling or quality or manifestation, then that's what I'm talking about there. If I'm singing to the sky and it brings the rain, well, that's unlikely. There must be some relationship, though, between my song and the sky that's hidden, that's not obvious, that's unlikely. And then I could add to that if I really want to talk about spell crafting, then it's a hidden or unlikely relationship between spirits, specifically the consequences of that relationship the consequences of a hidden or unlikely relationship between spirits would be sort of that spell crafting result when we're doing spells, um, which actually sometimes in traditional craft we call a turning instead of a spell, which is a fun phrase, a turning. One thing turning into another, but really talking about the redirection of fate, the redirection of those consequences. Um, something's kind of headed in one direction, change the influx of soul of bringing that aliveness into something that allows us to turn it and shift it so yeah, that's like literally what a business is is the yeah. redirection of fate i'm just saying i love that and but fate is. is kind of i don't mean fate <laughs> like you know destiny like predetermined you know but fate in the sense of just the consequences that arise from all of our relationships and all of our choices. Just that web, just that subtle, shimmering, mystical, but there goes the voice again. <laughs> web of all right, if you're driving, please so. be careful. <laughs> Ren is a hazard. I say that with love. <laughs> uh, so business magic, yeah. So bringing those two ideas together, the idea of in our business, looking at the hidden, the subtle, and even unlikely relationships, and the possibility of doing some fucking cool spell crafting. Working Let's do some cool shit! <laughs> a candle shouldn't affect, you know, how many customers come in your door. That's unlikely. And yet. And yet. What, and if, it, what <laughs> if it does? Let's talk a little bit about some of the different areas that we have been kind of exploring business magic in, because... So one of the fun things about me and Ren and one of the reasons that I think we're we're such a rad fucking pair is that um, we're both witches with businesses. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we come for we come at things with different strengths. So I like I'm like team business. I am a witch. I'm like a very gnostic witch and I'm just now starting to learn more of like traditional spell crafting and such thanks to my dear friend Ren. And like Ren, how would you describe yourself? I would say I'm primarily the witch. I have, you know, more than a decade, 15 years now of practice in witchcraft and in teaching witchcraft and in working with folks and doing magic and doing spirit work. And at the same time, because that's been my full-time gig for all these years, I've had a business. I've been a business owner. I've been, this has been my full-time, quote, living in the sense that the rent got paid, but I'm kind of the newbie when it comes to like, what's possible beyond paying your rent and medical debt, you know, <laughs> what's the next phase of business? And Sarah has been my bestie with that. Um, I've been working in her launch incubator, which has been incredible as far as sort of picking up some of the more conscious uh, strategy and method for sharing uh, what it is that I have with the world and offering things in a clearer way on the sales page and not just sort of bringing people in with the mystery of like, you don't even know what it is, but you feel the desire for it, come on in. It'll all be clear in a year. 
<laughs> my favorite thing that's on Ren's website, and this is when I first found her long ago, and you guys have to go listen to the podcast to hear our, our romance bloom because I was such a fucking creeper. And I was like, Ren, be my friend. Um, but is it looking at weird websites again? And I was like, oh my God, Ren sees into my soul. <laughs> Like, it reminds me of going to, like, what was it, like, like the Celtic connection on GeoCities in the 90s. I was like, she knows me. <laughs> I feel seen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and it's funny. I have, like, just over 15 years' experience in sales and marketing. So to, mm-hmm. I didn't realize we were at that same, that same, like, place numerically. But neither mm-hmm. of us, by the way, are old enough to have that much experience. I'm just putting that out there. We started young. I mean, it's kind of a special thing. And I've had folks sometimes kind of be like, man, you've started young it's like yeah I did (laughs) yeah sometimes we just have you know strong impetuses to do things Mm -hmm. um but we kind of are able to approach this topic from those two those two lenses of of being experts within our our individual fields but also actually being the other thing as well um which is which is super fun Mm -hmm. so like let's look at like some of the things because one of the big questions we've been asking ourselves is like okay cool what does it mean to make business magic like that sounds cool we talked about it through like the like the linguistic aspect like what do those words mean what are our definitions but what does it actually mean to to make business magic which we keep all right we weren't gonna say this we keep calling it bizmag but we obviously have to stop with that because then we just keep saying bizvag <laughs> and it's just I, I wasn't supposed to say any of this but I just wanted to share with you guys like that's that's what's happening behind the scenes. But I was the one that wasn't supposed to say it because I was the one that kept saying bizvag and I was like if we don't stop I'm gonna say it on your podcast unintentionally but I should have known so but I would say just say it, it anyway. <laughs> but intentionally. I, you know, I love giving you guys the behind the scenes. Welcome to BizVag, the podcast episode. Um, but like, what is it to is to, to do business magic? Because one of the things we started to tear apart, like the first thing everyone's like, money magic. But like, there's so much more that we can work with here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, money magic seems like a the first thing that folks kind of like, they come in the door, that's what they're looking for is like, what is the spell to get more money? And then we're talking about earlier, you know, if my practice and everything I'm doing really kind of the decisions I'm making in my day-to-day all just sort of serve survival. When the first thing we're sort of like, how do I pay the rent? Um, We're sometimes missing the steps that lead to really being soul-centered instead. What would it mean to have a soul-centered magical business? Because certainly you could just do magic for your business in service of, you know, wherever you're already at in terms of your relationship to your business, which could be survival, fear, um, anxiety, uh, working yourself to death um, while trying to, you know, you're working yourself to death to survive. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little rough. We, we know what that is. Um, but really starting with, you know, am I even centered? Is my business even serving my life kind of in that place first? And then seeing what kind of crafting we want to do around that, which certainly can include money magic, but it comes from a different place. Actually, this is a little bit of a tangent, but uh, one of my teachers would say, you know, if you're doing magic and, you know, the root of your spell is like, oh, I really want more money. So you're like, I'm going to manifest that because I want more money. I want money. The want of money. I am manifesting the want of money. And they're like, no, 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 no. You want to manifest having money, <laughs> not the want of money. You don't want to manifest um, the desire for it. You want to manifest the having of it. Just a twist on sort of like having to step into um, that feeling of having if you're kind of doing that work where you're sort of bringing the quality through your own body and then empowering it through some kind of crafting and then manifesting that you don't want to have the quality in your body be the want of yeah huge yeah so 
before then we can just say like, well, okay, then I'll just, you know, make sure I'm in the right state before I do it. But there's so much that we can do to really get into that state, to really be seated um, in the place that we want before we even get into uh, working on the numbers and the outer stuff. So we talked about um, a couple of different things we thought were super important. Um, talking about purpose for one, you know, what is an entrepreneur? What are we trying to do with that? What does it mean uh, to be that in our business? Um, what does it mean to have a business that feels purposeful? And I think a lot of that is just, don't we all kind of have a desire for meaning? What? No, I live in existential dread. I love it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do, but it's not, <laughs> I don't love it. Yeah, humans are makers of meaning. I think that's one of the most important distinctions about us, like mm -hmm. our, with our kind of consciousness, we, we're desperately seeking meaning. Yeah. And so there's a sense of, um, with our purpose, with what we're putting forward into the world, that there's an ability to have that be something that feeds us with meaning that makes our world and our life feel more meaningful. Um, and coming from that place, coming from that place of being centered in the desire for meaning and the desire to have a good relationship with our capacity for change and letting all of that, um, letting the business manifest from us kind of first getting square and where we want to be seated. Um, what is the spell we're trying to cast? We often think spells are just, you know, the, specific thing like, well, this weekend on the full moon, I'm going to do this spell. Um, a lot of spirit work kind of steps back and says, you know, every day you're asking a question, whether you know it or not, and your life is the answer. What Ooh. question are you asking? And your business is the answer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know I should, I should say something <laughs> profound right now. I'm just like <laughs> chewing on that. No, we're, we're just going to sit in it for a second. Let's just, just do. Okay. Let's be quiet. Okay. Integration time integration taking a breath in. oh sorry that was the voice it's really deep today that's good it's breathy i should record something <laughs> um, the nose and out through the mouth but when i mean what is so exciting about that though is like yes we can do specific workings we can do specific craftings but we also can live our lives through this lens of of questioning and and having that like living response like your your life is a motherfucking spell yeah, how do we become magic? It's not just magic that we do, but how do we become magic? So it's not just magic I do for my business. How do I make my business magic itself? My business is magic. My life is magic. And once we have that, then the magic that we do, the magic that we specifically, oh, well, on the full moon, I'm going to do this because I'm already a magical fucking being, um, it's going to be uh, that much more profound. And profound sometimes is just another way of saying, I'm going to let it impact my life. I'm going to let the results of it manifest. <laughs> profound means it's going to have presence. It's actually going to impact me. If I'm sort of like, well, I'm not really a magical being, but I'm going to go do some magic. But then what if it impacts me? in a magical, amazing way. Well, I don't identify with that. <laughs> I'm going to resist that because I'm not really magical. Magic was just something I did last weekend. Ooh, I, this is like a totally mini, mini tangent, but can you talk a little bit about that, about how if we don't, about this, like, sh if I don't identify as that, how that actually kind of renders something null and void? Yeah, so this is an idea um, in the sort of animistic spirit work where spirit is an identity that 
common ground is sort of the place where we're able to connect with other beings. So common identity. And, you know, on a superficial level, that's sort of like, you know, you go to Comic-Con and you all love whatever, comic books, whatever that's about, videos, movies, all that stuff. You have everything in common and you're there with your community. You have shared identities. You have an understanding. vampires. You guys all love vampires. We know you. (laughs) Vamp magic um, that they have. I actually am Texan. It's not, I'm not making fun of Southern people. I sent Sarah a clip (laughs) <laughs> Last week, after I spoke to my very Texan grandmother on the phone, and I was like, listen to my accent right now. And it was amazing. I said the word quilt and it had like a hundred vowels in it. It was so cute. <laughs> so that's just to be clear. Um, that the, the idea of shared identity of common ground being kind of how we empathize and how we connect and feel each other and understand each other and see each other clearly and sometimes folks think that sounds a little bit limiting. Like, were you saying someone that, you know, doesn't have a lot in common with another person, they can't understand them? No, we're just saying they'll understand them a little less and that they'll need to find a bridge of connection somewhere in order to connect. If you have absolutely nothing in common with another being, not the same species, you don't speak the same language, you're not in the same realm of existence, you're not made of atoms the same way, yeah, you're going to have a hard time connecting and understanding each other. So understanding that those um, common identities, that common ground is sort of how we connect, how we can feel each other, how we can know each other, which brings us then back around to your question about, nope, it's gone. What was your question? (laughs) we were talking about how if you don't believe that you're a magical being and magic's just something you did on Saturday, then how can we actually welcome those effects into our lives so that yes. the, that that shared identity actually becomes a potentiality or a limiting factor? Right. Yes, that was good. Because in my head, I was like, if I sit here for a second, it's going to come back to me. And once you said it, I was like, no, that was not coming back to me. I was gone <laughs> down the rabbit hole of common ground and atomic common ground. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So basically the idea is, you know, that if the way things are felt and known between spirits is across these bridges of common identity, that the impact of magic that we do on the weekends, all of us with our weekend magic, what are your plans this weekend? You know, doing some witchcraft. Um, Yes, those are my plans. (laughs) That uh, it impacts us less literally because we don't have the common ground with the results. So it's sort of like, you know, wow, I could have, you know, manifested all this. I was trying to create more confidence. I have this, you know, job interview and I'm doing all of this. But when it comes down to it, it's sort of like I'm trying to create something that I don't even believe is possible, don't recognize, like haven't seen, wouldn't know it if I felt it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, which like comes back to, you know, we can link this up in the show notes. I did a whole uh, ramble about um, beliefs and how that's like the number one thing that's getting in the way of your business. (laughs) Um, success. And, and it actually is, I mean, I was talking about it there from a more like uh, neuropsychological perspective, but you know, that is also something Ren is very interested in, but that's true from a magical perspective too. If we literally don't accept it, don't know what it would look like, have no common ground with that potential result or the way that we were trying to get it, mm-hmm. how could it possibly happen? Right. And there's a thought too, where folks can say like, but I'm trying to manifest confidence because I don't have any. So how can I you know, you're saying I can't do a spell for something if I can't already embody it. That doesn't make sense. But it's not about embodying it to the degree that you're creating it. 
but awakening your imagination and sort of like, wow, what could that maybe look like? Opening that realm of possibility, which that's where the magic is. We're talking if magic is a hidden or unlikely relationship or consequence of a relationship between the spirits, then we kind of need to open our realm of possibility. I need to get into the state where it feels possible, where this is something that could exist for me. And maybe I can find just that little first taste of common ground. I feel it just a little bit. Um, another one of my teachers, Orion, sometimes would say, you know, how could you crave something you've never tasted? So sometimes we could even say, maybe there's a point in my life or even in the lives of all of my ancestors, I connect into that through spirit work. And I'm like, I've somehow known confidence. I've seen it. I've had a little taste enough to know that I want more. If I really had no common ground with it, no access to it, no idea about it, then why would I even want it? Yes. Oh, so good. The desire itself is an indicator of the connection if mm -hmm. we allow it to be. Mm -hmm. That seems like a good time to move on to one of our other topics that we were, we were really fleshing out with this, uh, this biz madge, uh, which is relationships, right? Like relationship magic. Yes. So good. Sorry, I get excited because everything is relationship. For animistic spirit work and witchcraft, everything is relationship. But it's really talking about, so we have business. This is point number one on the graph. And we have Ren. That's point number two. And it's saying there's a third spirit here. And it's the relationship between Ren and business. There's a third identity. Um, that's often sort of goes unnoticed, goes unseen, um, and doesn't get worked with because we kind of think, well, there's me, and then there's, you know, the other being, and we don't really look at what is that space between them. Um, so there's all kinds of interesting magic that we do with working with kind of that connection, um, that cord, that tie uh, that links us to the other spirit and seeing that that link itself has its own nature, has its quality, has habits. We have a habit of how we interact with that other spirit that isn't just about what that other spirit is. You could imagine someone's like having a business and it's kind of taking off. It's taken on a life of its own, like businesses do. How's that for animism? It has a life of its own. And <laughs> relating to it, you know, as how that business was when we, very, when we first started it. That's our habit of how we relate to it is just feeling like the stressed out, you know, I don't have two pennies to rub together. I couldn't possibly, you know, pay for you know, advertising on Facebook, because I'm just so accustomed to relating to it as someone who's brand new and has no assets. And then you're like, but you're three years in. If you actually look at your business, your business has evolved. You're not in that place. Are you talking about me right now behind, in front of my back? In front of, <laughs> in front of your mic, in front of your, in front of your whole audience. That's rude. Honestly. <laughs> it's fine. We have no secrets. By the way. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm also, you know, talking about a lot of us in all kinds of areas where it's just even, you know, thinking like parent and child where it's sort of, that can be hard work for folks to be like, well, you know, how is my little baby now, you know, a teenager and I'm supposed to have this other relationship and we keep kind of flashing back into like, but you're still my baby. Um, and there's places where we kind of think that that sort of inability to adjust the spirit of the relationship is okay or endearing, but certainly in business, we need that relationship to be alive and evolving the way the behaviors of how we relate to this other spirit are relevant. And that's part of spirit work is always just noticing the hidden, noticing the subtle, looking into the space between me and my business. That's hidden work. That's some subtle shit right there. 
It is, it is the subtlest of shit. <laughs> Amazing. Is that a t-shirt? Yes. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm just, I'm just your, like, um, your laugh track over here. <sighs> Let's talk about serious stuff and Sarah will just make stupid jokes. <laughs> so we have this relationship and when we start to actually recognize that there is this like other element of relationship that cracks open so much more that we can actually do with magic and, and spellcraft in our business because now we have even more identities to play with. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of this that's um, difficult for folks in spiritual practice and tradition and in business is bringing commitment to the relationship. Uh, um, that's, that's so scary. The, the distant screaming. Uh, um, <laughs> and that I think that there's a lot about, you know, initiatory witchcraft that offers us something here about kind of turning that into some steps where it's sort of like, okay, what if I am allowed to just sort of, you know, date my business first? Like, let's get to know each other. And then maybe there's some dedication, maybe like I'm committing, but only kind of in the sense of I'm willing to show up and kind of see how it goes, but, you know, I'm going to pull back if it turns out it's not working for me. And to just allow ourselves this process of waiting in until we really get to the point where we're ready to commit. And then there's another, well, what does commitment mean? Does commitment mean, you know, that thing where we stop sleeping and <laughs> give all of our lifeblood to the business in order to uh, try and keep it afloat? That's commitment. You know, that's our dogmatic version of commitment. That's commitment if you just sacrifice everything for it. We're really talking about, in terms of the etymology of this word, it's Latin comitere, is to be joined, is a joining. And the joining doesn't have to be static, you know, permanent. If you're joined, then you can never, you know, change your relationship to it. You can never quit this business and start a new one. That's not what it means at all. It just means this is the point where you're letting your relationship to your business impact you in a way that can't be undone. You'll always have had this experience. This experience will always be meaningful for you, even if it changes, even if you make a new business later, even if you stop having a business, you do something else with your life. You'll always have had this experience. You'll have been joined to it. There's no going back after this point. You'll always have had the wisdom that you gained from this. You'll always um, be more for having done this. As my friend, uh, uh, my dear friend Vanella used to say to her dear, dear boo, you'll always be my first husband. Oh, in the tenderest of ways. Um, but I love this because there's that sense of with our business, what if we had that kind of sweetness, that kind of, you know, almost romance, like you will always be my first business. Like however this goes, like this may surprise me. I'm open to being surprised, but you'll always be my first. That's going to be an impact. That's big. That's exciting. As long as we're dealing with that dogmatic version of commitment, we're thinking commitment means, you know, sacrifice instead of like gaining something. Ooh. And where we're, where we're defining sacrifice as the loss of something. And there's a whole other dogma there to be unpacked. Infinite dogma to be unpacked. Well, let's talk about infinite, infinite dogma to be unpacked. Cause I think that this actually is a good segue into. Um... <laughs> and while we're in the, subtle shit because it belongs there as well while we're in the subtle shit and infinite dogma um like this is not a small topic that's actually what ren and i discovered during our our our, our friendly exploration of business magic because mm -hmm. <laughs> i want to be candid with y'all 
we were like, we should teach a class on this. Mm-hmm. And we have our original notes that said it was going to be an eight-week experience with six live calls. Lies. They were lies because we realized there was infinite dogma, infinite magic, um, and that the scope of actually developing committed relationships to the identities within, the identities without, and being willing to change <laughs> change them <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, was not an, not an eight-week practice. Having a business that is fueled by you being magic is not an eight-week process. This goes into something Sarah and I have been talking a lot about recently, actually, which is trust um, in a relationship, which is sort of another spin, because we have some thoughts about like trust means like doing whatever it says and I'm not sure if I trust and you know do I trust myself and can I trust my business and rely on and how do we build that relationship but one of the key things we talked about with trust was the idea of having a sense of you know I know this spirit I trust that it's alive and evolving and there's a sense of you know I can be stronger for having leaned into this Um, That's sort of the trust. So like Sarah and I, we have this trust. I feel stronger for being able to lean into our friendship and our relationship and our conversations. I'm strengthened by that. So there's trust. But if you listen to episode six of her podcast, upon which Sarah and Ren meet for basically the first time, of course, we don't have the trust. We don't really know each other. There's affinity there's likeness, there's fangirling, but there's not trust. I don't, I don't know her. I don't know if I can lean on her. There's a sense of destiny. No, <laughs> there was though. It's, it's, it's magic because we're magic. Um, but the sense of trust. And at the same time, we think like, well, then how does trust develop? Like how long does it take? And what I usually say is, you know, it takes more than one experience of leaning on someone and having that sense of strength coming back to us, but less than a hundred. It's not, it doesn't take, you know, a hundred years of thousands of experience before I could be like, wow, I really trust this person. So we can kind of use our human grimoire of how our human relationships work and be like, how many experiences of being able to rely on this as a source of growth and strength and interest and meaning, how many times does it take? Well, more than one, less than a hundred. And so if you're talking about eight weeks, that's probably not quite going to get you there. That's going to be an opportunity to get a lot of information about it and learn a lot of things and maybe put it in that box we talked about. I have a lot of new practices in my box, but am I going to pull them out and apply them to the relationship? And am I going to have the space to do that where I can really build the trust where I've had enough experiences with it that I know now when I keep carrying it forward, it's going to be a source of strength. It's going to be something that contributes meaning. So we took all of that really eloquent stuff that Ren just said. <laughs> one of can you tell which one of us is the poet? And I don't do, even know it. That Ren, you, you so. do know it though. <laughs> um, oh, I, I I'm going to share one of my favorite poems I ever I ever wrote real quick. This has nothing to do with anything, um, but I feel the need. I'm a little competitive. This one of my identities. So Ren's like a magical poet that I'm like I wrote something in eighth grade. <gasps> the city is my home, where there are so many people but one is always alone. And dying in a ditch. (laughs) (laughs) Is this about you? It's so sad. I I mean, (laughs) I I, I mean, yeah. (laughs) 
I've been mentally ill since I was in third grade. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Anyway, so um, I'm a poet too. Um, but we took this idea and we're like, okay, great. Eight weeks is enough for the box, like for the toolkit. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. Fire hose, which is fun. Um, but as we mapped this out, and we actually only got through two of our 12 points. There's your first hint. Um, mm-hmm. Two of our 12 points right, right now. Uh, we realized that actually the step to go from being a human with a business to being a like magical spirit worker with a magical soul infused business is at least a fucking year. Yeah. We're like, yeah, more than eight, less than a hundred. And we've decided to create a year long business magic mentorship program for you guys and for us. Bizmadge. It's not called that. It's not called Bizmadge <laughs> because because Red can't be trusted not to say Bizvadge. So uh, we we decided to call it Craft Your Business, as in witchcraft. Which, get it? Get, get it? it? Get it? I'm actually not sure that's any better than Bizmadge. <laughs> now that we're saying it out loud, oh my god! It would so, be better if we don't say get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Well, we also just wanted to be true to who we are because if we're all going to spend a year together, let's be real. You need to know that this is, um, this is, this is, this is, this is the it. <laughs> I get it. It's subtle shit, y'all. <laughs> subtle shit, y'all. But we created this program to actually go through an entire year together in community of asking better questions to discover more fascinating answers <laughs> mm-hmm. to create businesses that are actually not just stemming from you being magic, which is one of kind of our core question, what does it mean to be magic, right? And based on what Ren shared, I mean, I think you guys are already seeing like, this is a much deeper question than just like, I do spells, right? And like, and then we're like, what's a spell? Anyway, who am I? What am I, what is it, what is it me? Um, this, there's, we're, we're inviting you to come down the, down the rabbit hole with us so that you can have a business that is actually fueled by you as a soul-centered being. Because again, like that's a phrase we use every week on this podcast, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs. But now you know that is actually, that's actually something bigger for us to crack open and discover what does it mean to have a business with a capacity for change? If we believe in our capacity of change, what is possible for the people that you are here to help and the people that you can impact? And how can we support that with, I mean, frankly, motherfucking witchcraft? I mean, you did the voice thing too, because that was... I know, I have it. I'm sorry. It's, it's pretty good. The hair on my arm is standing up a little... We can be serious for longer than five <laughs> seconds, I assure you. Um, just not not today, apparently. But Ren and I are both on both on the on that salty, salty uh, trash fire tip today. So, um, a lot. <laughs> so this craft your craft your business mentorship is like essentially if you're like, oh, these are great questions, and I actually want a business that is in a healthy, interesting relationship with me, where I am cultivating that capacity for change the possibility to create you guys my favorite create new worlds (laughs) create new ways of being create create things that have never existed before which is literally what you're doing as a business owner Mm -hmm. by the way you're making something that has not existed before even i don't care if you're a tarot reader and someone else is a fucking tarot reader nobody reads tarot like you you are creating things that do not exist that is magical and we want to spend a year doing it intentionally, methodically, and obviously with a lot of cursing and silliness, 
moving through not only spellcraft, but also how that then becomes manifest in the actual actions of your business. I mean, and yeah, like we all want everyone to like make more money too, for sure, and help more people. Mm-hmm. We want to do that from this place of who am I and what do I want and how do I make magic in the world? Yeah, the selling and money magic is on the list. It is. It's legit on the list. It's on the list. Because it matters. But there's so many other pieces. <laughs> do you have anything you want to add to that? Thinking about um, what it means to do this with other people. Because, you know, y'all are magical folk listening to this thing. And you have access to all kinds of resources and books and teachings. And you can study with Sarah in other places. You can study with me in other ways. Um, but to get intentional with a group of people where we're going to be taking, you know, this like action. We all have different businesses. We all have different uh, relationships with our businesses and different habits that we're working with. So we have our personal work, but the kind of momentum, uh, the ability to overcome that inertia that prevents us from making the changes that we want to make. When we come together and we get something that is key in animism, which is the idea of, you know, we're looking for the common ground and common identity. Well, we have different businesses. Can we really work together? Oh, we have different things where I'm, you're launching this way and I'm doing a product and can we work together? But we have in common as from this animistic perspective is that Everything has soul. Everything has aliveness. That's the one thing that's common to everything. So when we choose to do this soul-centered work, then we're able to create a community. Maybe our ideas are different. Maybe what we're working on is different, but we're coming from a place of like change. That's the thing that we all have in common. We're all looking to create this change together. And we get something in this experience that I would say is like collective soul. We get to tap into group power, the ability to act together. That's a big thing. That's a next step. A lot of folks I know, you know, they are practicing their witchcraft by themselves because they couldn't find a group of like mind. You know, they're like, well, I'm kind of a free spirit. I kind of like doing things my way. And I've tried this group, but then I left after a couple years. I read this book. I didn't really agree with everything. You know, this is a space where you don't have to you know, agree and do Ren's version of witchcraft or Sarah's version of money magic or, but you get to have that core of working as a group towards this like action of creating change and building relationship. It's all kind of in the verb. We're doing it together. We're creating together. You're with other people who are creating, who are making. That's a powerful thing to be able to gather that momentum together and do the group ritual to give it a push all together. You'll have that day where you're sort of like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. And the group flame is there burning to kind of pick you back up and heat you. And then you'll be that for somebody else. They'll have someone else is having their week where they're like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. And you're there tending the fire, keeping that aliveness happening in the group, being able to interact and form relationships with each other that certainly Sarah and I have found in our little trash fire of two, uh, doing our business bestie thing that we've gotten a lot of uh, strength and meaning from having that place where you can lean when you're having the off week or the off day, you need that adjustment, Um, having that shared soul, that shared intention and purpose that we can come back to. Because a year on the one hand is not long, 
in the scope of getting some work done and shifting a relationship in the time, that can be a really long time. And we're trying to, in a disciplined way, you know, keep coming back to something and starting a practice and creating change. That can be a long time if we're just kind of working on our, by ourselves and there's no accountability. So talking about as well, just the collective soul that becomes possible, the collective power for change when we work together and support each other through like action. And, you know, as Ren mentioned, you know, it's something I know because I talk to so many of you over on Instagram or in the Facebook group. I know that you're alone more than you want to be. Um, And entrepreneurship can be lonely. There are people in our lives who don't understand why we're compelled to do this. Why don't you just get a fucking job like a normal person? Um, And I know (laughs) that (laughs) no one's ever said that to me. Um, And it can be really challenging to maintain motivation, to maintain wellness um, in the absence of community. And not only for for the, the magical purposes, but as Ren was saying, that, that connection of having the shared fire, of having the shared capacity for change that we are nurturing together, there's a reason that Ren and I have been able to grow our businesses, and it's because we're not trying to do it alone. We're not trying to be the only person who has every single answer. And that is one of the things that we're inviting you into at this as well. It's not only practical education on business magic, <laughs> um, which it is like, I, like we have like, I would like, look at our list of like all the fun things that you guys get to learn how to do. Right. You know, sure. There's that. But a year is a container where, where serious shifts can occur and those will occur so much more profoundly in community. And that's a huge part of what we're opening the door to here as well is that, yes, you can be with other people. Other people who um, have, have have some shared connection, some shared values, some shared curiosity. <laughs> I imagine it's going to be a shared a shared identity of people who join this program, um, and that we want we want to hold that space for all of us so that we can all thrive and all support each other as we go through the work of of creating businesses that truly reflect who we are and what we want to be. Add to that a piece about through the spirit work that we will be working with together, this idea of animistic spirit work, we also have the opportunity to, as a group, start to tap into the other collectives and communities that we're part of that may be some subtle shit. So we can actually start to, and where we normally kind of feel isolated, and we're actually connected to, you know, the community of our ancestors and of, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit. That's a thing people actually say. That's a legit phrase. Like, oh, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> but if through animism, we actually were to enter a working and kind of say like, wow, what is that spirit? Is there really a gathering and a sense of wisdom that comes maybe from tapping into that? Um, from not just trying to source everything um, from within, but really being able to reach out and have these conscious and interesting relationships um, with all kinds of other spirits around us, not just our important human gathering, because of course, as humans, we have that common ground, we're going to understand each other on that level, which is so important, but that we also have common ground with all kinds of other spirits. So there's going to be a sense of, you know, when I'm working with my business, when I'm writing a new lesson, I'm never doing that alone. I'm alone in my room human wise, but I'm working with 
the spirit of my business. I'm working with the spirits um, that I'm creating and collaborating together with, some of which are subtle or hidden. So we're going to be working on those relationships too. That's two levels of dissolving that illusion of being isolated and alone in this. Yeah. So we could literally talk about this for hours, which is why we now have a year long program. I think we, I think we made that clear. Um, so just a few. And also we asked the spirits to be clear. We did also, we, we did some spirit work. Yeah, we, we got, we got our answer. Um, Thanks guys. Uh, appreciate your, your input. Um, I, we do, we do appreciate your input. <laughs> Not that I don't want to be flip, but also, um, but, but it's, re- it's really exciting to, to be invited into that space and we're excited to invite you with us. So a few kind of practical notes, cause we, we won't just ramble about this forever. Um, you can get all the information you need about this program over at craftyourbiz.com. Um, so that's the next place for you to head. We are actually starting around summer solstice. Seems like an appropriate time. So if you're listening to this live, that's a little, that's like a month or two months off. Part of the reason is because we want to, to situate it in a certain way based on some of the information we got from our spirit friends. <laughs> so there's that. Important. <laughs> it is important. <laughs> we are not alone in this. <laughs> no, we are not alone in this. And we were given, we were given some very strong suggestions. So so there's that. Um, but we also want you guys to have the time to, uh, as, as Brent might say, gather your awareness <laughs> mm. to, to, to call and, and call in your identities and start to decide if this is the journey that you want to go on for the next year, because it is a year long commitment and this is not for everyone. And that's okay. Some of you are going to be running to the hills right now. Fuck no. That's so cool. We love you. Awesome. This is for those of you that are like, Ooh, a year. What would be possible for me in a year? What would be possible if I made this level of commitment to myself, to my work, to my magic, and to being in a community that will hold that for me, and to working with Sarah and Ren, who are super fucking cool. But to that end, um, because we, we have a couple months, we are actually running an early bird pricing special, and you will get $600 off, my friends, if you sign up by April 1st. So head on over to craftyourbiz.com for all of those details and to take advantage of that early bird if you're listening to this at the time that it is released. And I think I trust this is okay to say, Ren, we also know that this is a big decision for a lot of you if this is the commitment you want to make. And as the first step in that committed relationship, right, that we talked about, please feel free to DM either of us on Instagram. I'm at Sarah M. Chapel. Ren is at Ren Spirit Work. We will link those up in the show notes to ask us those questions you might have. Questions are magic. And I love questions. Loves them. Loves them. Does not love the Instagram character limit, but loves questions. That's Ren. I have a Bluetooth keyboard for my phone, so it's okay. Just <laughs> be prepared. Ren is, Ren is a voluminous fast. and types real fast. Um, but reach out to us and don't be afraid to ask those questions because, again, we're all making a commitment to a year together and it's important for us to, to, uh, to explore what that means and to answer those questions and to figure out if this mix of, of magic, but also you know, grounded in practical like business stuff. I mean, you get my brain in this, right? Like, it's, you know, if, if that's it's what you mean. It's good brain, y'all. It's real good brain. Tasty, tasty <laughs> brains. It's fine. 
now we're zombies. It's great. Back to Comic-Con for us all. Necromancy. That's actually not on the list. That's actually not on the list. That's one of the few things that did not make our, our 12-month program. Um, yeah. And I guess, yeah, I'm, I, we are here to, to open this door with you if that is what you want. So don't hesitate to ask us questions. Anything we're missing today, Ren? Well, if we're doing like a final note, I think I could say something on necromancy. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to give you all a biz madge tip. <laughs> I mean, craft your biz. Fuck. Straight, straight from the biz. This is bed. really confusing. Okay. You guys know I talk a lot about the like clarity in your message. We now have five names for the same program. Just be like, hey, Red and Sarah, I'm interested in that really, really long thing that you're, you're telling me is too long and too much commitment for me to do. I want that. Then I'm going we'll to have to buy the domain bizvag to make sure we have oh a redirect God. when people type that in. It's not okay. It's called also, craft, craft Your Biz. <laughs> um, craftyourbiz.com. So necromancy. So here's something that I do whenever I have a piece of my business or my writing or I'm working on, you know, I've written this email and I'm like, oh man, this is good. But oh wait, this is way too long. I need to take out a big piece of this because I'm a voluminous writer. Oh man, I made this program, but I'm shifting gears. I need to do something with this. I actually have folders on my computer or even tabs within documents I'm working on and they're called the graveyard. And you can, before you're just like, oh man, I'm just going to delete this. And you're like, oh, what if I need this later? Oh, but that was good wording. Or like, oh, I had a, I was really feeling that, but now it doesn't fit with what I was trying to say or what I'm doing. Whenever I'm taking, you know, a program and letting it be done for a little while, I always just put it in the graveyard. You can say a little couple words for it and just let it be there. It's sometimes easier than just straight up deleting it or letting it go completely. You can have this sort of intermediate farewell and if you need to bring it back to life at some point you've got your search feature you can go find it I pull things all the time from classes I wrote 10 years ago that are in the graveyard not working with them and then all of a sudden something needs to come back to life so a little bit of reverence for the dead whenever I'm ending something or deleting something or removing something or letting something go or in the case of this class not an issue yet because we're just adding things to it <laughs> yeah, we didn't even tell you what, what's included in the program, but I trust you guys will just go and read it on the website. Trust um, we, we, we trust you guys. We do. Um, I love that about the graveyard and how it's like you can, like your search bar is like the sun, is like the attention, like brings it back. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God, that's so good. All right. Here's our, that's our witch class. We've talked for like over a fucking hour. I hope you guys are still listening to us if you're not we won't know <laughs> i was like should we give away i was like here's the secret code for those of you who listen to the end <laughs> um but seriously thank you for listening ren thank you for coming and sharing so much of your wisdom about you know what spirit and soul and magic and identity are and how we can fuse those into our business and then y'all come make fucking magic with us this is no joke. This is like the year of change. And if that's what you want, then we invite you to come and get really fucking real about it with us in the depths, but not in the ditches because we're going to have each other. So you will that's not be right. alone in a ditch. This is a ditch-free zone. It's a deep dive into the trench in the middle of the ocean abyss and then returning to the surface with treasure. I just turned that into a whole other level of... I do like saying things about diving, though. Something. All right. We got to stop ourselves now.
This we're is we, 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 we're, we're done, um, except we're not done because we're going to see you all for an entire year program. So check out craftyourbiz.com. DM either of us if you have questions. And, and we mean that. Like, again, this program is not for everyone. And we want to make sure that it's the right fit before you make this commitment to yourself and to your business um, and to the community that we're, that we're cultivating here. And um, if you decide to join us before April 1st or by April 1st, you will get an, a significant early bird discount. We want to reward those of you that are like, fuck yeah, I listened to hour long ramble and I want that for an entire year. You guys get, you guys get a discount because you're, you're fucking awesome. Um, but again, the program doesn't start until uh, summer solstice time. So we have a little bit of a little bit of breathing room, but that discounts only for the next couple of weeks. And Ren, I adore you. And I am so excited for all the people that we are calling into community with us. So excited. All right, guys. Cool. Yep. We've officially gone too long. I have like no words left. My brain is dead. I adore you all my soul-centered entrepreneurs. Thank you for listening to the show. We're here because of you. I hope that you found something super fucking amazing in this episode that helped to offer you a new perspective on having a soul-centered business. And even if like the program isn't for you, we would still love for you to DM us and let us know what came up for you. Like what, what, what good, what good, good questions you're getting into now. Um, and, and let us know what came up. And Ren, again, thank you so much for being here. You are so very welcome. So excited. So awesome. Can't wait to see what emerges this next year. All right, everyone. And we will talk to you later. Bye for now. 